This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the folks that love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White with Carol Palmer. We will be your host this morning. Well, it's summertime and it's hot out there. It's July and summer is rolling along strong. Everything from barbecue to music festivals to cultural gatherings, there's no shortage of opportunities to fellowship around good food across the state and the American South. So today we're going to stir the pot on Deep South, talking about your own, our own version of summer succotash. We'll do a cup of this, a dash of that, a little bit of that. Love for you to join the conversation, talk about what's going on in your kitchen, your life, and your summer. We'll also talk about hot dogs. Shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. Good morning. We are living large in America, Carol. It's Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We are living large, and tomorrow's the 4th of July now. I know. Hey, baby, it's the 4th of July. It's a big holiday. You got plans? Indeed it is. What's your plans? My plans include swimming, watermelon, maybe a little homemade ice cream. Oh, talk about America. I'm living in America. Java, big plans on the 4th? Um, we're going to eat a little bit. We had some big plans this weekend. Um, my family on my father's side uh, in Natchez, we had a big a big meetup. So we did a lot of, a lot of things out there, really kind of resting up a little bit. <laughs> what about the grub? Oh man, it was it was it was great, man. I have a few a few things to um to highlight. Uh, I want to say thank you to a uh, Cool Vibes Kitchen, uh, Mr. Dontrell White out there. He catered um basically the whole spread except for a few um a few pieces of ribs mm. <laughs> that were out there on the grill. Wait, did you say Cool Vibes Kitchen? Yeah, Cool Vibes Kitchen. I didn't uh you know my the people who live in Natchez, my family that stays in Natchez, they kind of spearheaded everything. But, um, you know, apparently he he cooks up for a lot of people, and you know he cooked up for our family on uh, on yesterday. I mean, well, that name just makes me want to eat. I mean, it makes me <laughs> want to call him to cater. Yeah, and when I looked him up on Facebook, his top post was "Lobster plate sold out today." <laughs> Ooh, lobster via Natchez. <laughs> what's going Fresh on? Fresh out of the Mississippi. What's going on? So Those are like, mud flap lobsters. You've like, heard of them. <laughs> Well, anyway, it is the 4th of July, always a very traditional gathering time, a a time to cook out, barbecue, if you would. I actually dreamed about barbecue ribs the other night, and it just just dawned on me. So talk about— You know, we need to analyze that. (laughs) Please, please analyze that. Well, this time of year for me is glorious because uh, David and Melissa Patterson's produce starts rolling in out in Madison County. I got my first big bag yesterday. Beautiful tomatoes, squash, cucumbers, eggplants. I mean, this is the this is it for me. So I'm I'm very 
uh, excited about the coming uh, of the annual Patterson Produce. So this is your personal, personal. CSA box. <laughs> That's right. Now, Kara made <clears throat> a beautiful peach and cherry crumble uh, this week using fresh cherries. Uh, those little boogers are hard to get the uh, seed out of. Um, but uh, she used that fresh would be peaches. The pit. the pit, of course it is. She used fresh peaches, fresh cherries, and used um, oatmeal for the crumble crust. It was really delicious and fresh. Yeah, well, I was, you know, I owned a gourmet shop for many decades, and I will tell you, Malcolm, you can buy a cherry pitter. We Remember have one. that, and you could. No, we have her, one. Oh, you do. But even with a cherry pitter, occasionally you miss a pit. It seems. You got to be does. very careful. Okay. Well, I was. It's like eating crab meat, and there's always a little, a little bit, bit of shell. shell in okay. There. Okay. Well, I was already thinking ahead to Christmas and something you could give to. We Kira, have but one, you but thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you have a flucer now. A flucer and a pitter. And a partridge in a pear tree. So did you do any flucing uh, this week? I did fluce. I made a lemon um, sparkly water. Uh, no, no, an orange sparkly water with the flucer. Well, for those who were not with us last week, the flucer is a flat juicer that uh, I happened upon and loved it so much I wanted to share with my friends Malcolm and Java. Java, did you So we can fluce together. Now, I didn't actually fluce, but I did a lot of demonstrating Hmm. of the flucer because, you know, I I thought of it as a... um, a universal tool mm. where the normal juicer, you have to kind of come from the top, use mm. a lot of thumb mm. um, uh, strength. But with the flucer, you're basically using your arms, right. your whole arm. So it's a little bit easier. So I did a lot of demonstrating. <laughs> well, you know, couples that fluce together stay, stay together, together. So it's important that we can Flucing and flossing. <laughs> Well, because of the fresh produce uh, furnished by the aforementioned uh, Patterson family, I had my very first BLT of the season. Yeah, Malcolm, I saw that posted on cooking and, and I shared. cooking, uh, co- <laughs> <laughs> cooking and coping. And Malcolm, that was a there was a lot of B on the BLT. A whole pound. There was on one sandwich. There, yeah. were, there were many comments. How yeah. many pieces of bacon can you get on that slice of I bread? I cooked as many pieces of bacon as I could cram into an, a number eight uh, black skillet. And, and that's how I judged how big the sandwich was going to be. It was large. But man, oh, man, oh, Manischewitz, was it good. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's that time of year. Enjoy the fresh produce. Uh, Also, Kara made a corn and tomato salad. My goodness. I saw the corn and tomato salad aside, tucked aside the BLT in your picture. Very fresh looking. Very tasty. Fresh herbs, fresh corn from the farmer's market. Uh, Again, the Patterson tomatoes. Yikes. It was off the chain. Yep. Well, we chain. were pretty shrimpy at my house. I this noticed weekend. that. Yeah. Right. You know, when you buy five pounds of shrimp and all of a sudden there are two of you. All of a sudden. Where did everyone else go? <laughs> well, I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, it's the Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> there are going to be all these people here. But I was wrong. But you cooked a lot of. I, I saw some of your postings. Yeah, on and I cooking have, and coping. Yes, and I have I have more shrimp 
to go. Uh, yesterday was fried shrimp, yep. and tonight could be shrimp and pasta. Hey, how about shrimp and squash, one of the legendary Mississippi make, Gulf Coast yes, dishes? I need to go uh, get my white patty pan squash and make a shrimp and squash casserole. Guess what? We already have our patty pans sautéed with onions and fresh herbs and garlic in a container in the refrigerator. All I have to do now is add butter, wine, and shrimp. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's the 4th of July. And so so what are you doing tomorrow? Very little, except maybe uh, experimenting with some hot dogs. Um, I'm going to cook something outside. I don't care how hot it is. Um, there will be some kind of smoking, grilling going on um, out back at my house. Now, I had a good week. I, I ate out a lot. I went to Fred's Soul Food right off of Bailey Avenue and had breakfast. It's a, it, it's a place that serves only breakfast. Never been there before. I uh, met, met our friend Jim Powell there, and we had a nice bre- a, a breakfast-only soul food restaurant called Fred's. That sounds really, really, really great. Really good. So, also, so tell me what you had. Uh, I had fried eggs, uh, biscuits. I had sausage and grits. Very traditional. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, delish. Well, delish. guess where I went this week? Uh, I don't know. Chrishell's. Oh, what a winner that is. Man, that was so fantastic. Um, Bobby Chrishell said to yes. tell you, hello. Yeah, I haven't been out there in a while. I went to the Mayflower this week. Okay, you, another group. Yeah, we're visiting the Greeks Jackson this week. Greek legendary joints. So what did you have out at the Well, I had fried soft-shell crabs. Ooh. They were huge. They're big as catcher's mitts. Yes, they were. They were indeed. And some onion rings. Of course. Of course. And John had uh, st- a flounder stuffed mm-hmm. with crab meat. But, mm. yeah, it was just so great. It was just a happening. You know, we're living in Edwards, right. and John's children live in Jackson. And I thought, you know, why not meet halfway? And so I think Chrishell's is going to be the new Thursday night meeting place. I've been going to Chrishell's since I was large enough to see over the table. My dad used to take me out there, and uh, I've always loved that joint. Always. They still have happy birthday on the jukebox. What a jukebox. You know, I remember going out there regularly with Willie and Joanne Morris. And Willie loved to play happy birthday on the jukebox. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. We'd pretend that it was like, Carol, it's going to be your birthday tonight. Yeah. And that was that. Now, at the Mayflower, I had fresh uh, cut uh, redfish, turnip greens, field peas, and cornbread. And I don't know what else to say. How was Jerry? Jerry was good. He was in his usual uh, affable way. Collecting but, uh, money at the register. Yes. It was a good crowd. Mayflower was good. The fish was good. I ate with Mr. Peyton Prosper, and we, we sort of summarized the international ballet competition uh, Going zone from the past two weeks, which you were certainly familiar with. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, so so there was there was some good eating this week. Yeah, I also ate at the Crazy Cat. Gosh, you were really getting around. Yeah, yeah, it was a busy week. Uh, I had the salmon salad, which I love, delicious Crazy Cat out uh, on uh, Canton Mart, and I got to participate in a box 
of Loblolly Bakery goodies that somehow got to Jackson from Robert St. John to David Trigiani, and I ended up with some of the crumbs. But uh, really great croissants, great pastries, uh, delicious, delicious breads. We had a, they, I got a piece of, uh, uh, of, of an olive bread, and I toasted it and ate it with hummus, and it was super delicious. Okay, so Loblolly is the new bakery that Robert St. John is opening in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Right. And Loblolly refers to the, the Loblolly pine, pine tree mm-hmm. that is so prolific in that area. And uh, he has engaged Martha Foose and her husband, Donald Bender, who are master bakers. Who have pulled up roots in the Mississippi Delta and moved to Hattiesburg to to open this place called Loblolly Bakery. And so they're not quite open yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. We will certainly announce when they're open, but uh, they're getting close. But and guys, since you guys are talking about restaurants, um, like I said, we were in Natchez um, a couple of days ago for a family uh, reunion, and I do have to shout out a restaurant that we were able to eat at Rolling River Reloaded. It's right down Main Street in. Carol, do you know the restaurant? Rolling River Reloaded. Rolling River Reloaded. It's 406 Main Street, you know, right there in, in I guess, downtown Natchez. <laughs> no, I don't. But, but Java, you, you just, you're bringing so much with Cool Vibes Catering and yeah, Rolling and, River. And I, just if you go and you don't know what to eat, Jambalaya Seafood Egg Rolls. Go have, go. go have some fun. Whoa. Yes, that's the same thing I said. You mean it's a jambalaya egg roll? It's jambalaya egg roll. So think of an egg roll. And uh, this one is a seafood because it was myself and Crystal were sharing. And she doesn't eat meat, but she will eat seafood. So it was just shrimp, crawfish, jambalaya with the rice and the seasoning, all in a nice egg roll and a tangy dipping sauce. Mm, Delish. Sounds like a winner. All right, here's what we're going to do, Carol. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get on the phone our great friend Pippa Jackson, Pippa Perry Jackson, and we're going to talk about how to pick a watermelon. She knows a lot about this. Yes, yes, she does. Yes, she does. We're also going to talk about hot dogs. You know, it's never, never too early nor too late to talk no. about hot dogs. Hot dogs are always in season. Always. Always. Particularly on the 4th of July. It is Monday, and it is the day before the 4th of July, and so we want to talk a lot about that, but uh, particularly want to talk about the season in which we're in. Last week, we talked a lot about my drive up and down Highway 49 and how many watermelon and uh, uh, cantaloupe vendors and tomato vendors were out, particularly promoting the Smith County watermelon, the Smith County tomatoes, Smith County this and the Smith County that. It's a marketing thing, Mal. Of course it is. Of course it is. But it's successful. Absolutely. Uh, and you, so you got to love it. So we have a uh, watermelon uh, professional uh, on the phone, <laughs> if, if you would like to introduce our guest, our guest uh, Carol. Well, we have uh, our good friend Pippa Perry Jackson on the on the uh, phone this morning, because while we were talking watermelons last week, Pippa texted us and we didn't have time to to get her comment, and it was so prolific that uh, I thought we needed to revisit it. But first, hmm. let me just set it up by saying that um, 
that Pippa, we talked a lot last week about how to pick a watermelon, and some amongst us are thumpers. There was even a sniffer who sniffs the end of the watermelon, uh, although it's very hard to to hold up. Other people talked about uh, being yellow on the bottom spots. and s- yeah. spots. So we we would like to uh, for you to impart your knowledge. Okay. Um, to start out, my grandfather was a botanist at Mississippi State and at Auburn, and um, was fascinated with watermelon. And he invented the watermelon that would not squish at the bottom of the truck. They used to be thinner skin. Mm. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa, 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 wait. What's the name of said non-squishable he, watermelon? He, the watermelon, he made, we have, the watermelon we eat today is from his doings because they used to be thinner skinned. And they would, he wanted them to where the farmers could take more to market. Wow. And so he created this the thicker skinned watermelon that didn't squish at the bottom of the truck. Well, let's shout out. Gr- let's shout out to your grandfather. Now, who are we talking about here? Well, he, he's dead, so you'd have to shout real loud. Um, his, his name no, I have Lee a direct Miles. link, so just, what, oh, is, okay. what is the fellow's name? Lee Ellis Miles. He also invented cotton that grew colored so it wouldn't fade, when, but it cost too much to produce. I mean, you say shelf that idea, but the Japanese bought it. But, whoa, um, whoa, whoa, slow down, down, Pippa. Slow down, slow down. What Tell us what you just said. He he invented uh, cotton that grew colors, purple, green, red, yellow, and um, so it wouldn't fade when you washed it. And um, he was fat, he he also was studied boll weevils and had lots of papers published about boll weevils because cotton was his thing. But um, it cost too much to produce the cotton that grew colors, and so they shelved it. Hmm. And then later, later the Japanese or somebody bought the thing and say they're doing it now. Wow. But he, he loved watermelons, and my mother um, spent her summer selling watermelons, so that, and that's how she was able to buy her bicycle. But Mom passed on to me the knowledge that her father gave her on um, watermelons. And there are certain things that he think he passed along to her that are an expert on how to choose the correct watermelon. And, uh, Put it on us. Not, something doesn't do anything, and smelling the stem doesn't do anything. You want a dull watermelon. You don't want a shiny one. And you look for the field spot where it sat down in the field. And the field spot should be dark yellow, and it should have lots of brown webbing. Mm. And that, that means the, the brown webbing is the sugar and the dark yellow is the sugar. And so if it's got if you got a dark yellow spot and it's lots of brown webbing to the spot, then you got a sweet, juicy watermelon. If it's a white spot, it's picked from the field too thin. If it's a pale yellow, it's not not quite sweet. Mm, so for um, a deep yellow with some browning on the spot. Yeah, the brown webbing. It, webbing, it's yes. Like web, webbing running through the brown. And that's oh. the sugar. And that's going to be a heavily sugared watermelon. It needs to be heavier than it looks. When you pick it up, it should feel real heavy. Mm-hmm. And that means it's full, full, full of water. water. Yes, yes. And um, so that, 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 I posted that on Facebook one day, and I got put in Facebook jail. I don't know why. but uh, You anyway, were put well, in fa- Facebook jail over watermelon? Yeah. yeah, I was. I've been putting Facebook jail a lot, but that one was really made me scratch my head. But yeah, you, um, but those are the things you need to look for, according to my mother, who is pretty smart cookie, and that was from her father, who spent a lot of time studying watermelons. Hmm. She also wanted to invent a watermelon that wouldn't roll off the back of the truck, but she didn't have to grow it in a box. But he did get that done. Wow! So your mom, Lila Miles Perry, great artist, great friend, and I didn't know she was a watermelon expert. 
Yeah. Well, th- quite this young is how to, how to strike, spike a watermelon too, but anyway. That's <laughs> I, I think I had that at the Neshoba County <laughs> Fair one time. You probably did. In fact, I remember very clearly the spiked watermelon. Now that I do, you spike <laughs> it with like a hypodermic needle or something like that? Absolutely, all around. If you, you, you go through the brown, you go through the yellow spot. Um, mm. That's where all the water is sitting. And so you go through the water spot, then you turn it up, turn, then you roll it up to where the water spots up, so it sits down the other way. So, how many injections do you think one would make into the watermelon to get it spiked well, it depends, just, just correctly? Depends on who you. Depends on who your mama is. Mama, my mama put in a lot of spikes. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she put in a lot of, and she would get those really big, like the twenty um, mil syringes. Right. And um, she would do it up and down one side, and then roll it up on the back to it. So it's probably probably about a half a liter of vodka. So much you can do with the watermelon. Well, we we thank you so much, and it really makes me now even more suspicious of watermelons we get all year long that are perfectly round, and there is no, no spot. yellow spot. Mm-hmm. No yellow yeah. spot. There's no field, been, because there's no field because from which they came. They're hanging yeah. from trees. They're, they're hanging from lattice or something, but they're not sitting on the ground right. like they should be. Mm. Yep. So. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Pippa. We we thought that information was so important. We wanted to Very make important. sure we got it out in advance of the 4th of July. Well, I hope everybody has a lovely 4th of July. Keep your pets inside and um, choose a good watermelon. You got it. Thanks so much, Pippa. We appreciate it. It's one, of our, one of our dear listeners and great friends. Pippa Perry Jackson. Now I'm going to test this out because I have a watermelon sitting on my counter right now, and I'm going to cut it up when I get back home, and I'm going to check and see if it has that brown webbing and see if I see if I pick good. <laughs> oh, I thought I you said you were going to rush home and spike your watermelon. Well, no, because I have I have little ones yeah, who you can't who, who enjoy who enjoy the taste of a that, good watermelon. That would be cruel. <laughs> That would be cruel. All right, Carol, we, let's talk about hot dogs. We've been teasing our listeners now for some time about this. We've done a lot of sharing of information this past week and really throughout our adult lives about hot dogs. About hot dogs. And, Malcolm, I have to say, you are so ahead of the curve. The hot dog, as we know now, is the it restaurant food. It is now. It is now. But you have been pursuing excellence in hot dogs for many decades. Many, along with our great friend Bruce Browning, the late great Bruce Browning, yeah, who never and, met a hot dog he didn't like. And and I, I remember you and Bruce would go, you know, seeking uh, great hot dogs. This was before we could get Hebrew National, Nathan's, uh, you know, a lot of different kind of hot dogs here. But I sent you an article from yes. the Wall Street Journal that had the seven best hot dogs to buy. For July 14th. So let, let's start out by saying um, this is the Wall Street Journal dedicating ink space to hot dogs. Yes. This is important. And so, I just said July 14th, which is Bastille Day and my husband, husband's birthday. I'm already thinking hot dogs. But for July 4th. Yeah, let's, let's do the one at hand. So it, the, the Wall Street Journal uh, chose seven uh, best hot dogs to buy for the 4th. I don't know why seven, but... That's, it's a lucky number. It's it's what they did. So, uh, Hebrew National, I don't know if they're ranked one one through seven or they're just randomly you know, one through seven. I 
think I think they are ranked. <clears throat> I think Hebrew National to number one. They tested more than four dozen brands. Uh, they and and these offered the best flavor and the most important thing about a hot dog, the snap. Let's talk about the snap. The snap. When you bite a well-made, well-prepared hot dog, it's supposed to snap. You you feel it and hear it. That means it's got a tight casing, and and the and the ingredients are well put together. Okay, so I've long I've long appreciated the snap. Okay, so Hebrew National has classic notes of garlic and paprika, which marry well with any number of condiments. Do you agree with this? Yes, I love the Hebrew National and have loved it for a long, long time. Okay, have you tried the Nyman Ranch Fearless Beef Frank? No, but I've heard about it, and I'm uh, on its trail. I I don't know where to find it, but I'm going to begin looking. Neiman's Ranch Nyman Ranch. Ranch, fearless beef. Okay. Mm-hmm. All beef, obviously. Okay. How about Vienna beef natural casing, which I've, is the wiener of choice for the Chicago hot dog? Yes. I'm a big fan of the Vienna. Okay. It is a 125-year-old family-owned company with Hungarian-Austrian roots, therefore the Vienna hot dog. Hmm. And it has uh, the natural casing, classic snap, and a robust beefy flavor. I've actually eaten hot dogs in Vienna. Not to brag, but just I'm well, just saying. Well, I have as well, as but we call fact, them Frankfurters. Frankfurters, of course. Another is the Heritage Foods Uncured Pork Frankfurter. <laughs> what a long name. This is a supremely juicy, meaty, these artisanal. Pups are made exclusively from American heritage pig breeders and stuffed into a snappy lamb casing. They're hmm. the most expensive one, $65 for three 16-ounce packs, 24 dogs. That, that's, that's rich. Yes. Okay, now we get to Nathan's. I know you're mm. a big Nathan's yes. fan, fan, too. Absolutely. Um, 106-year-old, all-beef, American icon, synonymous with the Coney Island Annual Hot Dog Eating Contest. As it should be. And it's fatty and juicy. Yes. All right. The Field Row Signature Stadium Dog. Mm. Uh, A classic uh, as a vegan dog. It's a vegan dog. Smoked and meaty. How can it be meaty and vegan? I don't know. I, I don't know, but it does say one vegetarian taster said, oops, I think you accidentally gave me a meat hot dog. Because it, it is so, so meaty, yet vegan. Okay, so Americans eat 900 million pounds of hot dogs, wieners, and red hots from grocery stores alone. That's a lot. It's a lot of, it's a lot of hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope that uh, we have uh, enlightened or at least shared some information about the beloved hot dog. Now, as a meat eater, I can I can I can uh, vouch for the field roasts. Really, that it is it is vegan, all plant based, but it does have a great taste to it. So, if you're looking for a little lighter fare, you know, when you want your hot dog and you want to 
I guess, you know, venture to the wild side. <laughs> yeah, well, Java, I remember when you were eating or you were promoting carrot dogs. Yeah, the carrot dogs, if, if done right, you know, you have to kind of roast it and, and get it. It's, it's, it's like a mix between soft and crunchy, hmm. you know. You have to get it just right. Somebody has to know what they're doing. But, yeah, you can get a carrot dog dressing nice and, I mean, hey. You put it in a bun? Yeah, you put it in a bun, yes. I don't know. Ma- <laughs> I, Ma- I know Malcolm. we've talked about this before. You have to. Uh, you just have to be open. You, you, you now. It's not going to give you field roast uh-uh. meat like, and it's not going to give you snap. And it's not going to give you snap. It's give you more crunch, but yeah. it is a great. It's a good taste. It's good. a good taste. That's great. Okay, now back to the Wall Street Journal. Back yes. to hot dogs. They did yet another article. Now, now we're talking about America's business paper here. This mm-hmm. shows when I printed it out. It's fifteen pages. What they are devoting to the hot dog, but <laughs> it is the it restaurant food of the moment and. Uh, there were photographs of hot dogs in restaurants all over the country and what chefs are doing with them. Now, there's one hot dog uh, at, at a restaurant called Misha, M-I-S-C-H-A, in Manhattan. It is $29. Just one? Just one hot dog. Oh. Mm. But it is made in – and this this is a conversation Malcolm and I were having during the, uh, during the break about – Making your own hot dogs. This hot dog is made of dry age brisket, and they put it in their own casing. So, yeah, talk we were, to us here. Well, you know, in this part of the world, everybody likes making their own sausage, or you know, going to their favorite butcher shop and getting their own sausage. People make venison sausage, and they make deer the, sausage. Deer, yeah. then, and, then, and then. Well, I think we will soon see everybody making a signature hot dog. Because there's not much difference. So I look forward to the day when you go to the grocery store and there are these locally made wieners, locally made hot dogs. Uh, Because think of all the possibilities of things that you could stuff inside the casing, Carol. Yeah. It's endless. It's just, it is. It's endless. It's craft beer, craft hot dogs. Right. $29 hot dogs. My gosh. But um, some of the pictures of these restaurant hot dogs are yeah. just phenomenal. You shared it uh, over here on your laptop, of, and of, I don't have your code. Of the beauty of what of you know what they're doing. One of the hot dogs uh, we saw had like a pound of bacon. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't put pork on pork, but. You know, everybody gets to do whatever they want to do. And and I think that's the thing, too. Like you said, even with making your own hot dogs, craft beer, craft hot dogs, you make it how you want to make it. Correct. <laughs> now, there was this one that looked like sushi, Carol. Which yeah, is- it was. It's uh, the hot dog is wrapped in a fresh tortilla and then deep fried and then decorated. Mm. Wow. That one's that one comes out of Austin, Texas. Yeah. Wow! That's now one something. one hot uh, one hot dog I will say is was one of my favorite because I have it so frequent from uh, Enrica um, Enrica Williams with Fauna Food Works her festival street dogs you know it always comes with the black beans has the the um, turkey chorizo the white queso fresh pico guac crispy jalapenos fresh cilantro this is, this is on her hot dog yeah this is all yeah. on her hot dog yeah she's uh, Enrica's. Uh, She's a trendsetter. She's ahead of the curve. But deep down inside of all that, there's a wiener. There's, there's yes, a wiener. Yes, there is. What yeah. is her wiener of choice? 
Now that I'm not sure. Okay. I want to say maybe it's a nice uh, a nice beef hot dog. It's not. I, I don't want to bag on Oscar Mayer, but it's not. A, <laughs> it's not Oscar Mayer. <laughs> right on. Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at one that's loaded with bacon jam, sriracha mayonnaise, fried eggs, spicy fried onions. Well, <sighs> there's a craft hot dog. <laughs> Yeah, somewhere we've lost the wiener. In your grocer's freezer. We've lost the wiener. You could almost put a carrot in there and no one would know. No. Now, one thing I'd like to say about hot dogs is that there is the wiener of which we have spent quite a bit of time uh, talking about. But there's also how do we treat the bun? Because you don't just take a cold bun. We're going deep. You don't take a cold bun out of the packet and stick all this hot, juicy, snappy, ingredients into it i'm i like to toast my bun or grill my bun but leave the inside soft i don't like to open it up i don't want it toasted on the inside I that just is want, technical i want the exterior it, to be it's deep job toasted okay I, I, I'm, so when you go in you're hitting warm so you're not even opening the bun you're not just while toast- i'm toasting it. i don't open it until i begin to put the wiener and the ingredients and all the condiments and such inside. this is technical this is specific. Well, no, I'm just saying. This what about specific. y'all? Do you think about this? Well, I've, I've just never, I mean, if I were going to toast it, I guess I'd open it and toast the inside. Mm-hmm. But my gosh, Malcolm, you're right. It needs to be soft on the inside. Soft, very soft, yeah. But nice and warm and crunchy on the exterior. But if you look at this photograph of the story that you shared, the first photograph is of a toasted bun, and you can see what I'm talking about. This. And they sell the toasted, the toast, the uh, bun toasters, like um, on Amazon. And I didn't know bun toaster. You can toast a bun. I did not know this was a thing, but it is a thing. You can sell, you can buy actual bun toasters and take your hot dog buns and put them in the toaster. Yeah. Good grief. Good luck. But there are a million ways to toast. Yeah, you know, last time we talked about hot dogs on the show, people were calling in. Telling us about all sorts of gadgets that you can entrap your hot dogs and put them in the microwave. You can curl them. You can do. um, Yeah, the best way to cook them. I looked up um, some stats um, uh, just a little while ago. The number one way Americans love their um, hot dogs is off the grill. But you can also, you know, you can boil them. You can deep fry them. You can do a lot of things with them. Sure. Grill them. Well. Carol Palmer, Malcolm White, Java Chapman, we're so glad you are with us this morning. We are just hours away from the 4th of July, and we hope that you have a wonderful celebration of our our nation's Independence Day and that uh, you will get outside, even though it's really hot in some parts of our country, get outside and cook something special. What do you think, Carol? That's what I'm going to do, Mal. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the phones. <clears throat> We've got Kathleen from Osaka calling. She still has a question about the watermelons that we discussed earlier. Hello, Kathleen. Well, I've got two points. Uh, the watermelon, uh, before you serve it on some people down in New Orleans, they cut the watermelon rind off, take the watermelon out, and use that, you know, on plates or whatever. But my mother used to make water melon, rind, and pickle it. But she used it with a, a sweet and sour with some cinnamon in it. Hmm. Now, my bad girl, I lost mama's recipe somewhere. And if anybody had that, I would surely love to write that one down. But I've got a comment about your hot dogs too, Malcolm. 
down in New Orleans, we used to take all the crawfish. When the crawfish come out, you get creative. I know people who used to take celery stalks, onions, mushrooms, and hot dogs mm. in the boil. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it make you say, aye. <laughs> That's a great anyway, tip. I love it. If anybody could help me out with that, it was so that pickled watermelon yeah. rind. Never tasted it any place else but my mama's kitchen, and I lost the recipe. Okay, if anybody has a good uh, watermelon rind pickling recipe they want to share, just shoot it to us at food at mpbonline.org. And I agree, there's nothing better than I watermelon rind pickles. I love it, love yep, it, love yep, it. Yep, yep. Okay, next up, Kevin calling from Louisiana. He wants to talk about hot dogs. What's up, Kevin? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Really good. Happy 4th. Same to you, man. God bless God bless the USA. What's going on? Oh, God, the way uh, you can actually do a hot dog, you can actually just put the whole pack on the grill while you're grilling, too, and they won't never burn unless you just want the little burnt part on. You open the pack up and... Oh, you just leave them in the pack and just let them steam? Uh-huh. It would never... Uh, if you don't want them grilled. That, that's an interesting concept. So if you have your grill hot, you're grilling hamburgers or other things, he says put the whole pack on you the mean grill in the and let it steam. Right. right. In it, the, it, it would actually cook in the pack. It will cook in there. It's like sticking it in a microwave or boiling it. Who knew? There you go. Right here on Deep South Dining. That's All who right. Kevin from Louisiana. Thank you, sir. That's a great, interesting tidbit. And now from Fulton, Mississippi, Rebecca's on the phone. How are we doing, Rebecca? Doing great. How are y'all doing? Really well. Happy 4th. Happy 4th. That's just, I just called to wish y'all a happy Independence Day. Well, thank you. What you cooking for the holiday? Well, I'm going to visit my, sister, my, my niece, and she's, she's gotten some barbecue from Tuscaloosa, and I'm hoping maybe it's going to be that place that we talked about before, but I can't remember. Dreamland. Dreamland. The mother load. Hey, I'm going to be in Fulton on uh, July the 25th at the library, the Itawamba County Library, giving a talk about foodways in Mississippi. I hope you can come. I, I will make a point. And it's at noon, so everybody's bringing a covered dish. So I, I hope to meet you there and bring your friends. That's the 25th uh, of July at the Itawamba County Library. I'll be talking about foodways in Mississippi. I'm, I'm so glad you're going north. I mean, we have so many great listeners yes, up indeed. around that area. It's good, Mal. Thanks, Rebecca. Appreciate you listening and calling in. Happy 4th to you. Also calling in Alan from Pearl wants to talk a little bit about hot dogs. What's up, Alan? How are you doing? Happy 4th. Happy 4th to you, sir. Um, well, I know y'all was talking about how, you know, people cook hot dogs different ways. Uh, I know, particularly on the grill, in my house has always been a debate that the hot dog not burnt is not, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not a uh, grilled hot dog. Yeah, <laughs> I love a good I'm char. I'm with you. I like a char, too. Yeah, we love a char. <laughs> So that's all. Just calling to see what well, that, opposition. That's, that's great. Uh, you know, because some people like the the caller from Louisiana. He doesn't want any char on his dog. He can, he leaves it in the plastic wrapping and just lets it steam. He doesn't want it to touch the fire or the grill. And then now you're calling, say it's not a hot dog unless it's burned or charred. So there you go. I'm on Alan's team. Yeah. 
<laughs> Team Allen. Lots of ways to cook the beloved hot dog. Well, happy fourth, Allen. Thanks a lot for listening, and certainly we appreciate you calling and sharing uh, that with us. Now, Carol, in the news uh, while we're here. So much news. There was a lot of news here in the last week, and there was a story about a Georgia-based, base, a Georgia-based baseball team. Yes. Whose name is the Macon Bacon. Yes. And there is a movement by some uh, people to change the name of the baseball team from the Macon Bacon because they say bacon is unhealthy and the team should not be supporting eating unhealthy foods. Well, this, the whole thing, the whole situation now is wrong, wrong, wrong. This is a collegiate summer baseball team in Macon, Georgia. Right. And the Macon Bacon mascot is a seven-foot piece of bacon that wears clothes. A bacon outfit. Yeah, it's a a bacon outfit with a a baseball hat. Right. Now, this this came from a group of doctors Mm. who, they are the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine out of Washington, D.C. It is a nonprofit organization that promotes plant-based diets, and they sent a letter which the Macon Bacon thought at first was a joke. Sure. uh, Saying that the team's glorification of bacon raises, it sends the wrong message to people. Now, there's a head-scratcher. There's a head-scratcher. So... This group, this concerned physicians group, even put a billboard up hmm. in the town. Uh, They've started some stuff. In they have started some stuff. But uh, I read a quote that says, Macon Bacon will be sizzling forever and will not consider a name change. And there you have and it. And the fans selected the name when the team was started in 2017. They had a bunch of names out there. And it was overwhelmingly the choice of the people. They're sizzling hot, the Macon Bacon. They are. And just one more point about this uh, physicians group. The Macon Bacon are not the only people that this group has gone uh, gone after. They have also gone after, I think, a team in Milwaukee that has milk, has milk in their name. In Milwaukee? I thought it would be beer. No, 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 no. Oh, well. Okay, oh, here, here it, it is. It. it says the Indianapolis 500 champions pour milk on themselves, and then the Milwaukee Milkman, an independent baseball team, they are accused of glorifying the beverage. Is there something wrong with milk? I don't know, Malcolm. Bacon, no, milk, all no the milk, good stuff. No milk, no bacon. Trying to take, Next thing yeah. you know, no watermelons. Yeah, no. I know. I mean, the glorification of watermelon. So there. Java, what it. are you thinking in there in the in the uh, headquarters? <laughs> I want to see what uh, are they going after? Just the mascot, or is it like the menu items no, at no, the no. baseball? Because, Name change. They well, want the they team. Are, wait, wait, wait. Yes, they wait, are also. Wait. wait, they are going after you know because at the Macon Bacon they do serve bacon based products. Oh, oh, maybe at the, at the uh, sand, but it's it's the you know the name. It's the whole deal. It's the whole deal. It's the glorification of bacon. 
Because, wow. you know, at the baseball, it's entertainment. It's a, I think of it as a, a relaxing time. So, you know, you go and eat some unhealthy foods for, you know, a little while. But I don't know. Maybe it's just... It's just know. something to <laughs> well, think the, about. Well, the seven-foot mascot of the Macon Bacon is actually named Kevin oh. for Kevin Bacon <laughs> for Kevin Bacon. And they have a <laughs> it's they, clever. And they have an entertainment squad that comes on the field between innings, and that's called the Sizzle Squad. Okay, so, okay. Why don't, don't Why don't we check with Kevin Bacon and see how he feels about this? See what he thinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He would not want to be removed as the mascot. I know it. I know it. I know. And at the concession stand, the options include <laughs> bacon wrapped in more bacon, and uh, then bacon ba- on a and stick. then bacon loaded bacon loaded fries. So there it's you go. It's a lot. It's a lot. There you go. Also, in the news, uh, the United States has become the second country, Carol, after Singapore, to approve the sale of lab-grown meat. It is lab-grown chicken. It's wrong, Malcolm. It, it tastes it's like wrong. chicken, but it's not meat. It's so wrong. This is where science has yes, this is overstepped like, its yeah its yeah. Uh, role. And yeah, I'm think. glad we're keeping people up on the news so they'll know what to look for. Yeah, be be wary of the uh, artificial meat that will, I guess, soon be appearing in. Coming to grocery stores. Well, I, think, I think it's going to be a while before it's widely out because it is super expensive. Yeah, I think they were saying maybe a, a chicken fillet was maybe two hundred dollars or something. Oh, that's so a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some restaurant out in San Francisco, because that's how the FDA got all this approval from the company who's going to be servicing this other restaurant. Because if you know, if you're all about reducing carbon footprint, because right. that's that's what a lot of this is based upon. Because of our food production um, goes a lot into the carbon, you know, yeah, to carbon sure. waste and stuff like that. And I guess this is more about uh, plant-based food or non-meat consumption, perhaps. Well, I mean, but if we're going to do – let's do plant-based food. Let's don't make something in a lab that tastes like chicken Mm. that's not – I mean, let's let's go to the soil. Okay. Well, there is that. Now, also in the news, uh, I sent you a a piece – about the Perry Steakhouse uh, and their gigantic six-inch pork chop. And the reason I did it is because you are a member of the Pork Chop Club. Yes, and I was not familiar until you enlightened me about this with Perry Steakhouse, which is a chain, but they have a pork chop. It's a pork chop stack. It looks like four pork chops on top of each other. Almost it's like, like a standing rib of yes, pork. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's uh, it's like seven inches tall. Do you think it's you a could lot get of meat. the Flora Butcher to cut I'm some for, gonna like that take, for you I'm going to take this in. I'm going to let him see it. And um, gosh. That's a, that's a big old hunk of, of It is. It is. And, and they, they say, I was thinking, who would eat 32 ounces of pork chop? And it's actually for, for two people. It's for two people, oh, but it's, it's a oh, stack you. of pork chops, and it is. It's a. It takes a them, chop for two. It takes them a long time to cook. They. They have much preparation, much seasoning, and it's their signature dish. Now you you eat those lard infused pork chops, right? yes, yes, which I've not had, but I've I've we've spoken about it in the past. 
Yes, well, I'm going to invite you to the next Pork Chop Club oh, boy. dinner. And, I mean, you can't be a member. They're no, no, only, no, I understand. There are only I'm, four members, and we do have, have from time to time a guest, but we have mm-hmm. no Christmas well, parties. Well, Java likes Pork Chops, too. Yeah. I want, yeah. I'm just saying. One day. Y'all can, y'all can, <laughs> saying, one day. You can ride together. <laughs> yeah. But there are no Christmas, <laughs> Christmas parties. I'm going to take your car or mine. Yeah. So you heard that right. It's, there are no, no bylaws, no Christmas parties. Just kind no of dudes. slip that in there. It's all about the pork. We'll, we'll get the company car. We'll, 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 we will figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is the 4th of July. I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. I'm looking forward to uh, making a fire and cooking some hot dogs, Carol. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm, I'm changing my menu. I'm going to the dog myself you know, if, after if we, this conversation. We go out and shop and see how many different exotic dogs we can find, and then we pop them on the grill and see what happens. Well, that about does it for us today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Palmer, I am Malcolm White. We ask that you now stay tuned for Marshall Ramsey's program, Now You're Talking, followed immediately by Southern Remedy at 11. And we ask that you join us every Monday and every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for more Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio. Happy Fourth of July. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.